It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Uh, I'm going to say no one's better than me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's go. Blow up. Welcome to the Thursday, August 6th edition of Locked on Dolphins. I am your host, Kyle Krabs, lifelong Miami Dolphins fan, managing editor of USA Today's DolphinsWire.com, director of scouting at DraftNetwork.com, and oh boy, the last two days have brought the Miami Dolphins a drastic shift in the landscape of their wide receiver room. Uh, with Alan Hearns opting out of the 2020 season on Tuesday. And yesterday, Albert Wilson also electing to sit out for the 2020 season. Today on the show, we are going to talk about the domino effects. We're going to talk about who's on the free agent market who could be of service to the Dolphins. We're going to look at a little more in-depth than what we've talked about some of the other options, Isaiah Ford and Gary Jennings. We're also going to talk about, from a personnel perspective, how the Dolphins might have to shift gears and get away from what we were anticipating their base offense to be and how it might actually be a good thing anyway. So the news that came through yesterday was Albert Wilson joined Alan Hearns as the second Miami Dolphins player and receiver to elect to opt out of the 2020 season amid health concerns regarding the COVID-19 pandemic. Wilson is entering the final year of his contract with the team and restructured that contract to ensure he would have an additional year on the roster after initially facing a salary cap hit that was over $10 million for the 2020 season. Wilson has struggled to meet the expectations that were put in place when the Dolphins signed him in free agency ahead of the 2018 season. He was very good for the first half of 2018 had a hip injury that ended his season, and looked like a shell of himself last year before the final couple weeks of the season in which his legs seemed to find a little bit more life. For the Dolphins, losing two receivers hurts. Uh, this was a position group for the Dolphins that was uh, one of the strengths of the team entering the offseason. Now is one of the weaker position groups on the roster specifically in the offensive side of the football. And uh, Wilson probably will not play again for Miami because the Dolphins will probably aggressively attack the opportunity to rebuild the wide receiver room this upcoming offseason, kind of like what they did last offseason with the offensive line group, right, where they brought in all these fresh faces, all these new names, all in the name and in, in, in the hopes of really boosting and building. And that's been a blueprint that you have seen NFL teams take with young quarterbacks time and time again, is they build the trenches, they acquire the quarterback. And then the last thing they do, typically, much like what the Philadelphia Eagles did with Carson Wentz as an example, they had a really good 
running game and offensive line in place with Carson, who ended up starting his entire rookie season. And then you start bringing in receivers to build around him. And uh, that's probably the blueprint we'll see the Miami Dolphins play out. And as a result, both Hearns and Wilson should be regarded as potentially on the chopping block after the 2020 season. Now, in the here and now, they made the best decision that they could for them. There should be no ill will or bad blood there for them choosing to play it safe with the health of their families. That's a decision between them and their loved ones that they had to make and feel comfortable with, and they did, and they did what they chose was best for them. From an X's and O's perspective, this leaves Miami with two big-bodied outside receivers in Devontae Parker and Preston Williams, tight end in Mike Isecki, and the Dolphins were expected to run quite a bit of 11 personnel. And the thought process with 11 personnel being we're going to stretch and space the field, and we're going to challenge defenses and put defenses in conflict with do we go with more light defensive back-heavy packages to accommodate for the spacing? Or do we go with heavier personnel groups because the Dolphins have so much density on the offensive line and they're going to run downhill where if you stretch it out and go five or six in the box, they're going to run at you. And they're going to RPO you and they're going to put that one defender in conflict and they'll go where you're not. Miami losing... Arguably, their two best slot options in consecutive days means we'll probably see a little bit of a shift. And what I would anticipate we will see from an X's and O's perspective is the Dolphins are probably going to go a little bit more heavy with 12 personnel now instead of 11 personnel. And the reason why I think this is something we'll see is remember the Dolphins recently just traded for former Chicago Bears tight end Adam Shaheen, who was a, a top, former top 50 pick. He struggled to live up to those expectations, but he was also asked in Chicago to be one of the guys in the tight end room. Well, here in Miami with Mike Isecki, you go 12 personnel, you theoretically don't have to change anything regarding how you space the field, because Mike Isecki was one of the NFL's most productive tight ends last year in reps coming from the slot. So instead of a personnel group that plays out as follows, Devontae Parker and Preston Williams as your boundary receivers, Albert Wilson in the slot, Mike Isecki as kind of a flex tight end, he'll probably spend a lot of time off the ball, he might go to the opposite side, of where Albert Wilson is and be the other slot receiver and then a back in the backfield, whether it's Jordan Howard or Matt Breida. Now what you can do is you can go, your two outside receivers are still Devontae Parker and Preston Williams. You're going to put Gisecki where he wins the most, which is directly in the slot. And now Adam Shaheen is going to be the guy who is either flexed off the ball or because he is more comfortable as a blocker, you can actually put him on the ball and run traditional uh, tight end alignments with him in line and get an extra blocker on the edge in the run game versus Gusecki. You're probably not going to have his hand in the dirt. And you can charge Shaheen with double teaming, climbing up to linebackers on the second level, whereas Mike is more 
help as a blocker. He's going to be best off with outside alignment stepping down and cracking or folding across the set. I remember I watched, I think it was Jamal Adams, uh, did a film study with NFL Game Pass. And he was talking about Miami and the tight ends and, and seeing Gusecki fold across the set from the opposite side. And that told him, plays come in my way. And it's more of a tell. So if you have to make those kinds of concessions to get Mike wins in the blocking game, defenses are going to pick up on it. So what you can now do, if you run base 12 personnel, and this is some of the, the best t- teams in the league, run a lot of two tight end stuff. Philadelphia Eagles, Baltimore Ravens. These teams frequently, New England Patriots back when they had Gronk and Hernandez. Because if they're athletic enough, you have a primary blocker, but if they're both athletic enough, you can put a guy, an athletic tight end, out in space. And that's what we can now do with Mike Gusecki and not ask him to linger around the box to be the tight end in the box. That shift for Mike Gusecki is a net win for the Dolphins' offense, even if it means... We lose someone in the slot who can win after the catch. Between never-ending laundry cycles and incoming emails, you've got plenty on your to-do list. Give yourself one less thing to worry about and let DoorDash take care of your next meal. You want Chinese, they want pizza, and somebody's craving Froyo. There's something for everyone on DoorDash. Continue supporting restaurants in your community safely. There are thousands of restaurants open for delivery on DoorDash that need your patronage now more than ever. Support your favorite restaurants on DoorDash. You've counted on restaurants, and now they're counting on you. And while their dining rooms may be closed, they're still open for delivery, thanks to DoorDash. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter code Locked On. That's $5 off and zero in delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and the, enter the code Locked On. Don't forget, that's code Locked On for $5 off your first order with DoorDash. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day. You know, you might be asking me, Kyle, why is it important to have that kind of flexibility and two tight ends on the field at the same time? Especially if you know one of them is primarily going to be a blocker in Adam Shaheen. Well, the way coaches kind of set their personnel on the field is they'll see who the offense trots out. And there's flags for tight ends. So you've got two tight ends. So they're going to be more prone to either bring in an extra safety or an extra linebacker because traditionally two tight end sets are more condensed sets on the field. But with Gusecki being so prominent in the slot and effectively just being another big-bodied receiver, the Dolphins can still run all of their same spacing concepts but they don't have to, A, put Gusecki in a position in which he could be a liability in the run game, and B, 
you're probably going to draw more favorable assignments in coverage against Gusecki by putting him out in the slot. Because he can beat a linebacker. He can outrun a linebacker. And he can beat up a safety in the slot. So you almost... Mike is the de facto winner of both Albert Wilson and Alan Hearns electing not to play this season. Because we've already expressed kind of the concern of tight ends in this offense. Mike's not even going to line up a tight end half the time anymore. And then when he does and you get a favorable look and they go small ball on you, then we're going to condense the set or we're going to motion Mike down and we're going to get two tight ends stacked next to each other or we're going to go with ace, ace formation with a tight end on either side of the line of scrimmage. And now you've got seven guys on the line of scrimmage with a back in the backfield. And you got two physical wide receivers that can step down and crack. So if you want to put Matt Breida in the game, you can run stretch to either side of the field and you're going to be plus one from your offensive tackles as far as having a tight end. But you're going to have the opportunity to space the field and stretch it out like crazy and have Shaheen with his hand in the dirt or maybe in the backfield, off the ball, two-point stance. And you can have your other three receivers, plus two on the numbers, plus two numbers, and, and plus one on the hash, which means they're outside the numbers and outside the hash. That kind of stretch the field and using the same exact personnel to now condense down, and we're going to go ace formation with two tight ends, each side of the ball, hand in the dirt. And whatever side we have the numbers advantage to, we're just going to run stretch. Okay, that's great. That's terrific. And because Mike is predominantly a receiver, it gives us the opportunity to do that. It's the same concept, honestly. It's the same concept as talking about these Miami Dolphins defensive backs and the safeties and everybody having man coverage experience because you got two former corners playing both safety spots. What that allows you to do is to keep the same personnel on the field and no matter what formation they come at you with, whatever they do pre-snap to motion or try and overflow or flood or force you to rotate or flip assignments to isolate somebody and get somebody in an unfavorable role because you have to flip your defense because of the numbers on either side of the football, everybody can play man coverage. So it's, okay, now instead of Eric's playing safety against the slot, now Bobby's playing safety or, or coverage against the slot. Ideally, you would avoid getting Bobby McCain in man-to-man coverage against tight ends, which is what Eric Rowe is so good at. But if a team comes out in 11 personnel... and does exactly what we're talking about with the Dolphins, the Dolphins are going to have plenty of experience with their safeties in coverage. And that's why the pick of Brandon Jones is so interesting because is he more of like a big nickel kind of secondary linebacker type who can kind of fill into the box and, and be the game breaker for if teams try and go spread but then thump on you? and run the ball between the tackles, kind of like what we're talking about hypothetically the Dolphins are going to do. In a perfect world, we still have more rack potential with this offense. But I do think it's interesting that if the Dolphins do go base 12 personnel, and we get Adam Shaheen healthy, and again, he's not going to be a featured player in the passing game. 
but that's going to ensure Preston Williams, Devontae Parker, and Mike Isecki are your prominent and contributing receivers because they're going to see the vast majority of the snaps in base offense along with Shaheen and a running back. The Dolphins might have the most physical supporting cast in the NFL. Think about it. How big is Devontae Parker? 6'3". How big is Preston Williams? 6'4". How big is Mike Gusecki? 6'5". How big is Adam Shaheen? 6'6". And then you got a a 5'10", 220-pound bowling ball in Jordan Howard in the backfield? No, the Dolphins aren't going to create a lot after the catch. Yes, you run the risk of getting put into a box when you don't have those dynamic threats. But you know what? The Dolphins should beat the tar out of every defense in football at the catch point with this amount of size. Devontae, Preston, Mike. Those guys are all catch point guys. So as long as you have a quarterback, and we do, whether it's Fitz or Tua, who's going to be comfortable and confident in his accuracy to throw into tight windows... These receivers, this supporting cast, should be fine to ensure if the air yardage is eight yards, we're going to get eight or nine yards on the play. Now remember, we we looked at the Draft Network, Benjamin Solak did contextualized quarterbacking and found that Tua was the quarterback who was least frequently charged with throwing into tight windows at the college level amongst the prominent prospects of this year's class but his ball placement and accuracy were among the best in tight window throws. Tua has rave reviews for his accuracy. As long as he's comfortable with it, he'll probably end up having success. He just won't have explosive plays unless we're really able to get teams on their heels. And interestingly enough, I do think the 12 personnel, you look across the league, maybe not with the personnel Miami has now, but in the long run, 12 personnel puts defenses in even more binds. It gives you even more situations to put defenders in conflict because the defensive coordinator is going to have to make the decision before the snap, do we go big or do we go small? Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So now the question begs to be asked. If the Dolphins wanted to get some run-after-catch potential, who's on the market? Who's available to be signed? And let me tell you right now, it's not pretty. (laughs) Some of the best slot receivers, primarily slot receivers, Eligible in free agency right now. Taylor Gabriel, 29 years old, formerly from Chicago. Jarius Wright, 30 years old, formerly of Carolina. Tavon Austin, 29, formerly of Dallas. Chris Hogan, 31, formerly of Carolina. 
Jermaine Curse, 30, formerly of Detroit. Justin Hardy, 28, formerly of Atlanta. Jordan Matthews, more of a big slot. 28 years old. Formerly of Philadelphia and San Francisco. That has no juice at all. Here's an interesting one. Potentially Anthony Ratliff-Williams. 23 years old. Vegas Raiders. Tommy Lee Lewis, 27, New Orleans. Ray Ray McLeod, 23, Buffalo Bills. You guys getting the picture here? It's not a lot to work with. Which then shifts the focus back to Jakeem Grant and Gary Jennings and Isaiah Ford. And I think Isaiah Ford is a safe per- assumption to eat up at least the Allen Hearns reps and targets. Jakeem's going to have to, Jakeem's been talking. I'm a wide receiver. Well, we're about to find out because you're de facto wide receiver three now. And if Miami sticks with 11 personnel, you're now a starter. Oh, and now you're going to have to play in the slot. Unless they put Preston Williams in there, which I wouldn't hate. If Miami wanted to go 11 personnel and Jakeem Grant's on the field, I'd probably put Shaquem at the Z, which is traditionally the outside receiver who does not line up on the line of scrimmage, so he gets an extra yard or two for releases to compensate for his lack of length and hand fighting and and strength at the line of scrimmage against press coverage. And he's the speedy guy who's going to take the top off the defense. You You hear that stereotype all the time. He could be the Dolphins' answer to playing in a box if we're going to play in 11 personnel. The concern is the durability. He's like a sports car. I don't know if you guys have ever had a sports car. I don't know if you guys have ever had like a set of performance wheels on a vehicle. Doesn't even have to be a sports car, but those, you know, those nice big rims with the skinny tires, they look pretty, and it goes freaking fast. But your margin for error and disaster, because everything's built for speed, and not durability, is so much greater. I used to, before I got into this business full-time, I had a a Ford Mustang with performance wheels on it. And I used to, freaking idiot, by the way, do not endorse this for anybody, not owning a Mustang, but I had a 40-mile commute every day to working my previous quote-unquote day job. And, uh, would have to travel up and down Route 95. And I don't know if you've ever been in the Philadelphia area with 95, but the highways are terrible. And I can't tell you how many flat tires, how many tires I blew out because of potholes that just sneak up on you or you go to change lanes and you get halfway out there and you catch the edge of it. Jakeem Grant to this point has kind of been the same thing. He's so built for speed, and he's such a finely tuned athlete as far as the suddenness that he plays with. But he's not built for endurance to this point. Now, Jakeem is going to have the opportunity to change that narrative, but if it doesn't happen this year, it's probably never going to happen. Because with the opt-outs, Jakeem now has a golden opportunity. If Miami sticks in 11 personnel as their base offense, 
it tells you they believe Jakeem Grant can do it. If the team shifts to 12 personnel, odds are it means they want to keep Jakeem healthy. They want to have him, quote-unquote, on a pitch count. And just as importantly, you get a little bit more conflict for opposing coordinators and play callers because you've got the ability to go condensed and you also have the ability to really open up and stretch the field. It's going to be fascinating to watch how it plays out. So make sure you hit subscribe here on Locked On Dolphins and take this ride with us in 2020. We have some momentum building towards the season and uh, acclimation periods getting close to being over and then they're going to strap on the pads for a couple weeks of padded practice. Season kickoff still scheduled for September 10th. We're almost a month away from kickoff to the 2020 NFL season, so it'll be here before you know it. So keep it locked in right here on Locked on Dolphins. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. And if you did, make sure you leave me a nice review of the show. If you have things you'd like to hear me talk about, next Tuesday is our next episode of Power to the Pod. You can leave hashtag Power to the Pod in a review of the show or on social media at Locked on Fins with a PH with your question. I'll make sure to tackle as many of them as I can next Tuesday. This is Kyle Krabs signing off. Thanks, as always, for listening to Locked on Dolphins. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked on NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.